Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Paul Levesque NXT conference call. Today's call is being recorded. At this time, I'd like to turn the conference over to Adam Hopkins. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, everybody. Hope everyone is uh, having a happy and healthy holiday season. Uh, Before I turn it over to Paul, I just want to thank everybody for all their coverage this year for everything, not only NXT-related, but W-related. We really appreciate all the support. Without any further ado, I'll turn it over to Paul Levesque. Thank you very much. I'll echo that uh, sentiment is thank you all very much for the support. It's been a challenging year for everybody on every single front. I'm sure on all of yours, um, everybody is doing the best they can. Hopefully, all of you are uh, doing everything you can to stay safe, your family safe and healthy, um, and into to what hopefully will be a a more, I guess, stable 21 for everybody in a, in a safer and everything can move in the right direction to getting uh, everybody getting their lives back. So um, let's hope for that. But uh, again, thank you for all the international media on here. Uh, you know, obviously, um, war games right around the corner. But before I get into all of that, I wanted to talk about Pat Patterson. Um, you know, I don't know that there's anybody maybe outside of Vince that has had a bigger influence on WWE that has had a bigger influence on the the industry as a whole. The you know anybody that's ever probably stepped through those ropes in in this or the last few generations has been influenced whether directly indirectly whether they know it or not by Pat Patterson. Um, I don't know that I've ever uh, run across a greater mind for the business in general that whether that be, you know, in ring as a performer, uh, a finished guy, a, just an overall creative component of it, um, you know, to, to state that everybody in, in these generations has been affected by it. It's not, it's not, it is the truth. And I, and I think whether they know it or not, they've, he has affected all those careers. Pat was just, um, such a force at it. So positive, so wonderful to be around his contributions, but also he just, his, his energy and his excitement and his fun, and his love of the business. Um, you know, I, Sean and I were sharing some stories yesterday and Pat used to love to come to takeovers and it would be when the takeover would finish, uh, you know, everybody would be at gorilla and then they would move out and, you know, I'd always be up there until the last kind of person left and Pat would always be like one of the last ones to leave. And he would always call me over and, and tears in his eyes crying. He was so powerful, so emotional about the business and his passion for it. And, you know, God damn it, I love what we do. And, you know, just he just, um, his passion for it was infectious, and I can't say that enough. And uh, it was a tough day yesterday, tough day for everybody, and uh, hard to get through. And I think even talent, as you saw in our opening segment, um, our, even our talent that weren't, you know, maybe have never met Pat, I still think felt his influence, and they felt how much it meant to everybody else. Um, so he will be greatly missed and, uh, there'll never be another one like him. That's for sure. So, um, with that, I thought it was 
quite fitting yesterday that in the afternoon, I'm just getting into some stories here before we get into the actual call, but uh, in the afternoon uh, in the Capitol Center, which, you know, just going back to Vince's dad and the Capitol Center and the start of all of WWE and, and then just uh, in the middle of the afternoon, we took a 15-minute camera break and we put up the alley fight between Pat Patterson and Sergeant Slaughter. And uh, it was like being at a live event, you know, the talent and the producers and the just everybody, the techs and, and the entire crew and stuff sat around and watched that on all the screens and were yelling and screaming and cheering like it was a live event. Uh, you know, it was amazing and very fitting and, and a, an unbelievable tribute. And I couldn't help but think about Pat watching all those young people, watching him go, how proud he would have been. He would have had a tear in his eye. And uh, the people going banana, that would have been, he would have, he would have, I had, I had them all, they were going nuts. So it would have been great. Um, but uh, that being said, I thought this build to war games has been, um, my opinion, has been great. I think war games is very impactful. I wish I had William Regal here to say it right now. Uh, so before we started this, but I will just, uh, obviously everybody knows the card. I can go through it, but they know the card. So let's, uh, let's just get down to questions on war games. Hey, everybody, we'll keep it to one question per outlet. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to ask a question at this time, please signal us by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Once again, star 1 to ask a question. We'll pause a brief moment. Take our first question. I'm Mike Johnson with PW Insider. Hey, Paul. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? I'm good. Uh, my condolences to the company and, and to the family on the passing of Pat. Um, I know you talked about him a little bit. I did want to ask you, you know, I know he had been, as you mentioned, the takeovers. I, I know at tapings that I had been to, he had been there as well. I was curious what sort of lessons you learned from him when it came to grooming other talents and, and, and helping them evolve, uh, given that that was kind of his role uh, for the main roster for so many years. And you know, what what lessons you learned from him that you brought over to the NXT brand as you evolved it? All of them. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. We were talking about it yesterday. I, you know, when I, when I came uh, to WWE and Pat was here, it, it's so much of what I learned every day. You know, Vince was different and sitting under the learning tree with Vince, different. It's production and larger overall stuff and vision and different things. Pat was that in-ring, the day-to-day, the, you know, the finishes and things like that. That's where he's unbelievable. Thinking outside of the box, too. But, you know, um, there's so many things that I either learn directly from Pat himself or, you know, I'd be in a car with Sean and – and Razor and, and Kevin Kidd or whatever, but Sean and Razor especially, you know, they were there before. And, you know, they'd be talking about stuff and telling you something and go, I learned that from Pat. I remember I was doing this with this guy and we were in this location and Pat came to us and he said, guys, please do this. Just trust me on this. And, you know, the, the, the things that he could teach you and he spoke that same kind of uh, wrestler shorthand language that we all spoke with each other. So, you know, when you were in there with them, 
and and talking things over, it, it was just remarkable. But you know, it, it's to say what exact lessons it's hard because it was a day-to-day thing. It was every single day that you were around him, you were learning things, whether it was just a, a story or a, a something, but he, he, it was constant. Um, his teaching was constant, but how he taught it to you, how he handled you as a performer, the way he saw you, you know, he also had experienced it firsthand, right? It, so for him as a performer coming into a new territory or whatever, how he, how he dealt with that, how, the fears that he had, the the thoughts that he had of, of being a performer and how that resonated with him. Um, so he could speak to you directly that way. I, I never wanted to lose that and, and to have that, you know, sort of hands-on with talent in that manner. Um, you know, I've been very lucky in my career to be able to, to be around some of the greatest minds ever in this business and be able to sit with them and, and learn from them at all times. And I, I think that still continues to this day. But, um, you know, the Pat chief among them, Pat, Vince, Dusty, but Pat chief among them, I, I, I don't know if there's anybody I learned more from than him. All right. I appreciate the time. Uh, wish you and the family nothing but the best. And, uh, again, my condolences. I hope you have a good show on Saturday, on Sunday. Thank you so much, so much and uh, enjoy the holidays. Thank you. And we'll move next to the next person in the queue, Christian Brunt with Power Wrestling. Hey, Christian. Hey, Paul. How are you today? Hey. So, Good. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee really opened up a lot of people's eyes with his match against Adam Cole in August, and overnight he became like a natural in doing pro wrestling. Was it more like planned as a as a one-off in a way, or was it like wanted to continue now because it was too good to not con- uh, to continue with uh, Pat McAfee, and also. He has now a nice stable surrounding himself with only Lorca, Danny Birch, Pete Dunn. We envision the group staying together after Sunday's show. And those guys like complement each other very well and like have a really good thing going now. I absolutely think they have a good thing going, and I think that is, you know, to continue onward for sure. Um, I think you know there's there's something really special happening there. As far as Pat goes. Pat's a, a unique character in that his desire um, to be a WWE superstar. It, it's funny that people sometimes criticize um, people or performers or whatever they are as outsiders. Oh, there's football players coming in. But the football players that Javi ended up in um, – the, the truth is he has been a WWE fan his whole life and wanted to do nothing more than his li- with his life than to be a WWE superstar. And, you know, uh, he was a great athlete that was also a natural performer and got the opportunity to make a lot of money in the NFL and took it and ran with it and, and left the NFL because he wanted to take an opportunity to do something more and, and hopefully it would land him in a position to be in the WWE. Um, you know, I had no idea of a lot of those things when I first met Pat, but they're the truth. And um, he's so passionate about what we do. And I think it's why he's good at it. And I think it's why he, you know, proved it in that, in that match. His passion uh, shines through on this. As far as him opening eyes, um, he's a gifted athlete. He gets it, been a fan his whole life. Um, and and um, and is absolutely dedicated to doing this. 
So it's phenomenal to see him do. And he, he has a lot of other opportunities and a lot of things happening um, in his life. And, you know, he'll be the first guy to tell you about them. But uh, but that's part of the beauty of it. He, he, you know, he loves it. And I love working with people like that. He's so passionate about it. And after he performs, he comes back and you can just see the buzz on him. He's, he's, he's got the bug and he loves it. And, um, it's, it's great to see. And, and as far as his performance goes, if you've ever met Pat and listened to him talk for five minutes from a heat seeking quotient, he's there. He is, he is the proverbial heat seeking missile, uh, just him. So, you know, he can go out there and just transfer that and put it on TV in a way that very few people ever can. It's not a shtick. It's not an act. It's not an anything. He's just being Pat. Uh, he's got the gift of gab. Uh, he loves to perform. He loves to irritate. Um, he loves to mess with people. And, and it just, man, it comes through in a glowing way that, you know, when you think about it, he's been doing this for a very, very, very short period of time. Um, and he's getting a lot of direction, but yet to be in a position where he's better at it than a lot of people that did it their whole lives. I mean, it's, that's, that's a testament to him. Um, but I'm, I'm very proud of him, very excited to be working with him and look forward to big stuff. Sounds good. Really looking forward to the Sunday show. So thank you very much today. Thank you. We'll move next to Jim Barcelona with Miami Herald. Thank you. This will be a nice doubleheader Sunday with tribute to the troops and then NXT TakeOver War Games. Looking forward to both. I'm curious, 2020 was so challenging and everyone there has done such a phenomenal job just continuing the efforts. I'm wondering what you're looking at for 2021 and are we far off from having live house shows again with fans? Boy, if I could answer that question with any accuracy, uh, That'd be phenomenal, right? Like for everybody, uh, I, I hope, you know, look, if people say, well, what's the one thing I hope happens soon in 21? And just, even if I just looked at it selfishly, just getting back to what we do, packed arenas, packed houses, live, live crowds, uh, they are the WWE, all those fans and those people and their voices and their passion and their, um, their passion for what we do on all levels. And, and, uh, man, it's, 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 it's barren without them. Everybody is doing the best they can, but it's man to get them back. There will be nothing like it. And I cannot tell you how much from top to bottom, from staff to crew to, to, uh, talent, to everything in between, um, man, we miss having everybody there in person and, and going crazy. And we can't wait to, to, to celebrate with all of you again. And I, I, I look forward to that first one that we can go full tilt on because it's going to be crazy. Thank you. And we'll move next to Miguel Leva with Marca. Here we go. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having us today, first of all. And I want you to know that I'm very sorry for the loss of Pat Patterson. Um, so uh, last week uh, we got the finals uh, for the NXT UK Heritage uh, Cup tournament, and we got here in Spain naked, and everybody went mad in the social media when uh, it win. And I want I I would like to ask you uh, that 
see in the future if there is uh, any possibility uh, to see uh, the NFT UK Heritage Cup uh, be defended in the United States or in other brands? Uh, sure. Look, I would love that. Um, I think you talk about A-Kid. He's a phenomenal talent. Um, that's part of the beauty to me of the NXT system of, of being able to, and, and what we're doing is being able to uh, recruit talent from all over the globe, um, whether they're already in the business or finding talent that want to be in the business, that have a passion for it and, and getting them to be superstars. But A-Kid is a, an amazing example of that, just a, a young guy that has all the potential in the world and is, is really just getting started. As far as uh, Heritage Cup, I thought it was spectacular for the tournament itself. I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of NXT UK, the brand, and just what it's doing. And if anybody hasn't watched it or seen it, um, and I, I would just uh, encourage you to go go on the network and watch Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, to me, that's what the brand is. And, and um it's just different. It's hard hitting. The Heritage Cup tournament was no different with the rounds. It's just, it's different. It feels unique and, and fresh and special. And, and I, and I love that. Um, as far as it being defended in the U S yeah, look again, um, COVID and everything being the restrictor. I look forward to the day when we can, you know, um, get a kid and Walter and everybody else here and get our guys there and, and be able to, uh, to create those those opportunities for everybody, it, it will be a great day, and and hopefully the world normalizes soon and we can get there. Okay, thank you so much, Paul. I hope and see world games and standards would be incredible. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We'll move next to Jason Powell with ProWrestling.net. Hey, Paul. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Uh, Rhea Ripley publicly expressed some confidence issues due to the way she was booked at WrestleMania and then coming out of that show. And I remember you telling us in one of the conference calls that that loss was going to make a lot more sense in time. It's been a strange year. Charlotte's missed some time. So has something changed or has everything is everything still going according to plan? Yeah, no, the world has changed. <laughs> none, of, none of that plan Um exists or was able, you know, everything changed. And I don't think anybody in that moment could have um, predicted, you know, I think anybody, even when, when all this first started, you go back to March and, and it seems like in some ways forever ago, but you look at it in today's eyes. But if anybody would have said, even in March, like, look in December, you're still going to be in lockdown in December. You're, this is going to have ramped up again and be, you know, possibly arguably worse than it was before. And, you know, it, it, it everything is changing on a day-to-day basis and it's hard to, it's hard to plan for next week, let alone uh, next year, next month, all of that. Um, you know, the, the one thing about Rhea and, and, and um, her honesty of that is great. It's, you know, when you're young, it doesn't take much to rack your confidence. When you're young and you're getting started and everything is rolling, um, it doesn't take much to have you go from an incredible high uh, to an incredible low. And, you know, 
begin to question yourself and all those things. That's part of maturing in any sport. You know, it's, uh, I watch my kids play sports and, and, uh, they're hardly doing anything. And then they get the ball thrown to them. They score one basket, in the basketball game. And you just see this monumental shift in their entire body language to where all of a sudden they're LeBron James, uh, for a moment and, and, you know, playing at a different level. Right. And as you mature and, and, um, become more confident in yourself and believe in yourself and understand it, it changes. So that that's all part of the process. I, I truly believe long-term that those are all, valuable things like I sometimes think in the world today that everybody wants everything to just like, yes, have immediate success and then go very smoothly all the way to the end. There's no lessons in that. There's no, there's no a long-term value in that. If there's no struggle, there's no strike, there's no uh, difficulties in it. You don't grow as a performer. It's just easy. And, it, and um, to me, these are all learning experiences. I, I look back at my career and, moments in time that were amazing and moments in time that were incredible setbacks in my mind at the time, horrifying and terrible for you. And then, you know, you look at them now and you're like, well, thank God that happened then. Cause if that didn't happen, this wouldn't have happened. It's all part of the journey. And, and, um, that, that is the thing trying to get when, when you're young, it's hard to say, yeah, you got to think long-term when you're young, long-term is, you know, the spring it's three months from now. It's man, that's long-term long-term is five, 10 years from now, you know? And, and when you think about things in that manner, um, those setbacks are actually extremely valuable in getting you to the places you need to go. Answer of the creative question. Is it where it was going? No, it, and it won't. Um, the, the whole world changed, but I, I do still believe that that is a valuable, there's a lot of valuable lessons for her to be able to go through, to find herself, to pick herself up. The Rhea Ripley um, that I'm watching right now is a way better Rhea Ripley than it was in January, February of last year when she was on the high or, you know, or even December of this time last year. She's a way better performer, way more mature, her understanding, all of it. And all of that came through that process. So, you know, it is what it is. She's a keeper. Thanks for the time. That's for sure. We'll move to our next question from Alistair McGeorge with Metro UK. Hey, Alistair. Hi, Paul. How's it going? Good, man. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good, doing good. all right. Um, yeah, not too bad. Doing okay, keeping safe. Um, I want to ask you, WWE has started to become kind of more open to working with other promotions which we've seen with Evolve Progress, ICW, all popping up on the network. After last night's development with two companies in particular, could you see a point where WWE or even NXT is similarly open to that kind of crossover? You know, look, in in what you've seen in the past, uh, Progress, ICW, Evolve, all those things, yeah, I mean, that, that we're, we're open for business. A lot of in a lot of ways and a lot of things and a lot of everything and people's thoughts, misperceptions, their um, their perceived knowledge of what we do, how we think, and all that stuff is often greatly uh, misinterpreted and, and not necessarily accurate. So, look, are we are we, are we open to the right business um, opportunities? Um, 
yeah, at any given time, we're open to things, and it just depends on what they are and are they beneficial to us long term. And again, when I say long term, I'm not talking about three months or six months. Long term, ten years. You know, ten years, fifteen years from now, is that beneficial? Is that meaningful? Is it long term? Is it is it? That's how we think. It's much longer in in duration. Not not necessarily worried about the the minute by minutes. It's the it's the long duration. And so. Open for business. I think you hear Vince say that a lot. I've been around him long enough to know that if it's the right thing and it's meaningful to business, he, you know, he's open to anything. Nathan, thank you. Looking forward to Sunday. Thank you. And next we'll move to Maddie Paddock with the Daily Star. Hi, Paul. Good to talk to you. Hi there. I'd like just to get some thoughts from you on, on Danny Birch if I might, because um, in comparison over the last couple of years to say the likes of a Tyler Bate or a Pete Dunne, he's kind of flown under the radar as, as a UK talent doing big things in WWE. Talk to me about his last kind of six to 12 months, because I guess he's a little bit older in those, than those guys in terms of experience. But tell me what he offers in and out of the ring. Um, you know, Danny's always been one of those guys to me that, Man, he, he, he looks the role. He, in many ways, is the role. He has a believability to himself and his work. Um, you know, there's a lot of times there's talent that stand out more because they are, are more dynamic, flashy, or whatever that is. And um, that consistency, though, there's a lot of times there's something to be said for that and that consistency. Danny's a, an amazing in-ring performer and, and technical guy. You know, he can do it all. It's just sometimes, um, you know, performers like him tend to tend to do exactly what you said. They float under the radar because they're always good. They're always consistently good. Um, they always deliver, but they're always sort of delivering on on something for somebody else that has more flash, more pizzazz, more more ways to captivate someone's attention. But that long term consistency. In, in in today's world, sometimes I think that's negated. That that's not a good thing. I, I when I hear people, you know, you used to be the term mid card for life, or you know, different things like so many amazing Hall of Fame level, legendary, iconic performers that were never the guy, and that's a that is a phenomenal place and a value. And, the, and as, as a valued performer. And, and so when you talk about Danny Burch to me, yeah, he's an extremely valuable performer. I look at him and I think, and I, I wish I could have a lot of people that were that dedicated, that professional, that polished, that, um, you know, good at what they do and dedicated to how they got there to do it. And, and that's an awesome thing. So um I can't say enough good things about him, you know, and it, but he is one of, he's one of those guys who will fly under the radar right up until he doesn't. Thanks, Paul. All the road, there. Thank you. I'll next move to Connor Casey with the comicbook.com. Connor. Hey, Paul. Appreciate you today. Um, after having such a big role in Survivor Series last year, NXT was absent from the show this year. I'm just curious, uh, what kind of went into the decision of not integrating Raw and SmackDown with NXT this time? Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm not sure every aspect of the creative decisions, but I also believe 
for for the creative teams um, as they're trying to build individual talents of not um, sort of not combining things too much. But I also believe that that COVID uh, and the pandemic situation took a big stance in that we tried to keep things somewhat separated between brands, between performance center, between uh, things just to limit that exposure. And, and um, you know, that's, you know, it's still taking place right now. There's been a lot of time that has gone by, but the, the, the situation is still the same. And, and that, that was a big factor in that as well. Um, just, you know, you, you can't, you don't want to just do that out of out of the blue. So you need to build to it. So you you need to have a lot of crisscrossing and and promotional time together. And it just didn't seem like the right thing to do in a lot of ways. We'll move on. Hello? to take our next question in the queue, and that's from Alex McCarthy with Talksport. Hey, Alex. Hi, Paul. Thanks very much for your time tonight. I hope you're doing well. I am doing very well. How about yourself? I'm not too bad. Thank you, bud. Not too bad at all. Um, I just wanted to get a word on the sensational women that you've got performing in NXT right now because you know, I've been taking notice of uh, you know Ember and, and Candice kind of opening shows and you closed the show with them this week and a really great, strong finishing angle. It seems that that's been the linchpin of NXT for a while now, and they're getting more and more time every week to, you know, be a focal point of the show. Um, talk to me a little bit about the talent you've got there, and you know, a lot of people consider it the strongest division in the world, and and it certainly feels like you're projecting it as such. Yeah, I mean, look, I uh, when when something is that good, you want to put it out there, and and to me, every single time you put the women in NXT in a position where they can go out there and deliver um, the way they do, uh, you do it because they're great at it. And it's, I said it last night when they all walked back through the, through the doors, uh, man, uh, no one can touch our women and, and they are a bunch of badasses. It's, uh, it's amazing to see. And, and there's, there's an, an underneath to that. Even when you look at the, the eight women that are in war games, there's an underneath to that. That's, that's, uh, strong as well and a next level that is coming up that is strong as well and they're learning that from from the women that we have in those positions now uh then you you know you look over in nxt uk and you see uh piper and you see kaylee ray and just all the women that are over there it's it uh it's very strong and um i, I don't look at it any differently i don't book them i don't even think of it in that manner of well, what are you going to do with the women or what are you going to do with uh, their storylines or how much of that should you put in the show? To me, it's just like telling the stories and what is there, the talent or the talent. So uh, if they end up in the main event spots because they were the main event players and if they end up where, you know, it's, that, that's what the mix is all about and you, you're just piecing it all together by what's there, not by anything else. No one, no one gets bonus points for anything. No one gets... Uh, t- points taken away for anything. It just is what it is, and and that to me is the ultimate sign of respect. They're that good that it doesn't matter. Put them up against it. It, it almost is bothersome to me a little bit when people say, "Oh, it's the the greatest women's division." Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like they're just awesome. The best performers, some of the best performers in the world. That group across the board, I don't know, men or women. 
doesn't bother, doesn't, doesn't matter how you look at it. Talent, talent, no doubt. There's a load of it. Uh, looking forward to Sunday, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much. Me too. All right, folks, the next question will be the final one for this call. All right, that'll be from Kelly Wells with PWTorch.com. Hey, Kelly. How are you doing, Paul? I'll uh, add on for Pat Patterson. Uh, the Royal Rumble made me a fan, so he is directly responsible for that. Um, I want to ask about the pacing of NXT. Um, there, there's been a pretty clear ratcheting up of, uh, of the pacing of the show since about mid-October. Um, not a lot of wasted moments, but very much go, go, go. And I just uh, wanted to know maybe what what went into that decision and where it came from and if there's been any growing pains uh, from production as they do a show with much different pacing. I, I wouldn't say growing pains. And, and for me, it's just a constant evolving. If, if you... I'm always a big believer that if you stop in these shows and you become... Um, a formula where you're just, well, this is what we do. And then we go to that because that's what we do. And then you're making mistakes. You constantly, Vince is the one that taught me, you constantly have to relook at what you're doing and constantly try to evolve it. Um, what's working, what isn't. You know, he has a big saying, first day on the job, right? So what is working, what isn't? How do you make it better? How do you make it something more, even if it's great right now? Okay, well, what's What's going to continue to make it great or make it even better? Um, all of that. So, you know, we're constantly talking about it. And the ideas and the thoughts and the directives, they, it kind of comes from everywhere. Everybody that's a part of it, whether that's talent, sometimes you stumble onto those things. Sometimes you do something in a week because one thing ran over and then you're tight on time. So you do it, you, you tweak everything and you have to do it another way by necessity. And then, but when you're done, you're like, that had actually worked out better, you know, and, and uh, you know, and that's the road you head down. I, I, I'm a big fan of the pacing of the show right now. I think we're, we're in a groove. I, I, I love where NXT is right now. I believe that we are um, showcasing people, in a way that is meaningful to the top people, but also giving exposure to the future people like, uh, you know, Jake Atlas and, and just having opportunities for them that, you know, um, allow them to get to that next level and showcase what they do. And uh, to me, it's all about, it's about building the future and, and not just getting stuck with what you're doing today. So again, long-term, it's not, it's not about this week and next week. It's about the, 10 years from now, it's about five years from now because the, the people that you see doing this are going to be in much different positions then as the shows will be and everything else. So um, all about the long term and, and keeping it um, keeping it fresh and, and moving forward. So uh, hopefully everybody digs that, but that, that's the intent. All right. Can't wait for uh, War Games, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. I think, um, you know, as, as that was the last, was that the last one? Yes. So, all right, so I'll just cut right to the comment. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, as a lot of people mentioned, I'm excited about war games. And, and as we mentioned, everybody knows the card. But when you talk about uh, there are 16 people in the, in the two war games matches that, to me, represent the best 
of the best of the best, no matter what rosters, no matter what brands, no matter what shows that you're looking at in the world. And then when you move on down from that, you know, the, the North American title match, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Leon Ruff coming out of nowhere and just, and uh, adding a lot of fun and excitement to the show in a different way. The underdog character, the, the, you know, he, he said it himself, the one, two, three kid, uh, where it just resonates with you and, and, uh, his quest to go from not being that joke of a moment to being something more and, and making it last. And, and to me, that's very exciting. Cameron and Dexter with a strap match will be a lot of fun and, uh, continues the growth of those two characters. Cameron Grimes' growth as a, as a performer in the last six, eight months has been phenomenal as is Loomis. The character work there on both those guys to me is, second to none from a from a straight up uh want to see two guys just go at it and grind and and fight and have a knockdown drag out uh, i don't know that it gets any better than champa and thatcher so to me i can't, that's one that uh different style and and there might be some people that it's different style than they're used to but to me this will be one of those ones that when it's done uh, you're on the edge of your seat and you're sweating because they're hitting each other so hard and it's just a, it, it's what our business is so I love those things I think this is going to be a phenomenal event cannot wait for it and uh, I'll go back to again thanking you all for uh, being a part of this and I'll end it with a Pat Patterson of we're going to go to war games and the people are going to go absolutely nuts thanks everybody we'll talk to you on Sunday night on our takeover post show call